going to speak to you from the subject, the Prince of Peace, the Prince of Peace. If you have your Bibles, would you turn to Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 2, going to begin reading in verse number 11. Also, if you have a copy of God's Word, put your finger over in Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9, we're going to read that portion of Scripture in just a few moments. That's actually the key verse uh, for this series. The Word of God says in Luke chapter 2 and verse number 11, this is talking about the birth of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And the Word of God reads, For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Now notice this, there was a multitude of heavenly hosts. There were lots of angels. And this is what they were saying. Verse 14. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. Everybody shout peace. Come on, say it again. Shout peace. Notice the angels said glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Each year, thousands of Christmas cards go out conveying this sentiment of peace on earth. I'm sure throughout this holiday season, you'll receive a Christmas card that'll say something about peace on earth. I'm sure you're going to send a Christmas card to someone that will convey this same message, peace on earth. And my question to you today is, were the angels just feeding us a bunch of baloney when they said, peace on earth, glory to God, peace on earth, and goodwill toward man? I mean, is peace just a pipe dream that that we try to cling to around the Christmas season? Because it seems as you look around our world that that there is no peace. As you turn on the 10 o'clock news and see the news stories, there doesn't look like much peace. You hear stories of war and murder and violence and rape, parents abandoning children, molestation, embezzlement, sickness of all kinds, suicide, a struggling economy. And the list goes on and on and on. And the question comes to mind, is peace really possible on this earth? I mean, were the angels accurate? Can we really have peace? And friends, God knew that peace would be one of the most sought-after commodities on this earth. So 700 years ahead of time, God spoke to Isaiah the prophet about the greatest Christmas present ever. 700 years ahead of time, God knew exactly what humanity needed for Christmas. Come on, some of you don't know what some of your families need for Christmas right now. It's 20 days away. But God, 700 years ahead of time, knew what we needed for Christmas. And Isaiah chapter 9 Verse number six, our key verse for this series says, For to us a child is born. Let me remind you, this is 700 years. This was prophesied 700 years before Jesus was actually born. For to us a child is born. To us a son is given. The government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, 
everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Amen, sister. I'm with you. Amen. Boy, that's good news, isn't it? Prince of Peace. And what I'm going to do throughout this series is I'm going to do stuff like I always do, unorthodox. I'm going to work backwards. This week is Prince of Peace. Next week, I'm going to teach you about the Everlasting Father. Following week, Mighty God. The last week, Wonderful Counselor. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And the Hebrew word for for, for Prince of Peace is Sar Shalom. That's the Hebrew word there. Sar Shalom. I want you to say that out loud with me. Everybody say Sar Shalom. Come on, say it again. Sar Shalom. Now, now, Sar is the word for prince. And, and normally when we think of prince, we think of the son of a king. I mean, that's normally what, what you think about. A prince is a son of a king, but, but that's not what that word means at all. Matter of fact, the word Sar literally means head person. It means captain. It means lord. It means governor. It means the man in charge or, or the go-to guy. And the Romans had a very similar word for their ruler. It's called the Caesar. And that's, that's where we get that word, Caesar. That, that same thing, Sar and Czar. And you, you've heard of the Julius Caesar and Augustus Caesar and, and Nero Caesar. That, that was the, the ruler. That was the, the head person. That was the, the captain. That was the man in charge of Rome. And now the word shalom is the word for peace. And in the Hebrew language, peace is a very powerful concept. It means well-being. The word shalom means rest. The word shalom means happiness or, or wholeness. So in other words, Jesus is the governor of well-being. He's the captain of wholeness. He's the go-to guy for rest. He's the ruler of peace. You need to fully understand that Jesus is the Sar Shalom. He is the prince of peace. Hear me today. The economy is not the Sar Shalom. Some of you think it is. And you're letting it mess with your peace. But the economy is not the Sar Shalom. Jesus is the Sar Shalom. Listen, the gas prices are not the Sar Shalom. Some of you are excited right now for a buck fifty. And if it goes back to three fifty, you lost your peace because you don't understand that Jesus is the Sar Shalom. The housing market is not the Sar Shalom. How many gifts that you have under your Christmas tree on December the 25th is not the Sar Shalom. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He's the ruler of peace. He's the governor of peace. He's the Lord of well-being. He's the, he's the Lord of inner peace. Jesus is the Sar Shalom. Now, now, now the real question is this. If Jesus is the Sar Shalom, And no matter what happens in this world, I can have peace because Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Herbert, why don't I have any peace then? (laughs) If the greatest Christmas present ever was given, and his name is Jesus Christ. and, and, And Isaiah told me he was the Prince, the Governor, the Lord of Peace. Why isn't there any peace in in my heart? Because Herbert, the last thing that I've got is peace in my life. What I want to do for the next few moments 
has talked to you about how to have peace in your life. Listen, peace is one of the most sought-after commodities in our world today. People try to find it in a bottle. They try to find it in a pill. They try to find it in a relationship. And yet, there's an answer in the Word of God to how we can have peace in our life. Point number one is this. You can follow along with me in your bulletin. Number one is this. Peace comes from receiving Christ as your Lord. Peace comes from receiving Christ as your Lord. Friends, you can't have the peace of God without having peace with God. I'm going to say that again because that's so important. You can't have the peace of God without first having peace with God. There was a commercial in the early 90s. You may remember this commercial. It was about Coca-Cola. And the commercial said, Coke is the real thing. How many remember that commercial? Yeah, Coca-Cola is the real thing. In other words, you can try another brand. You can have something artificial. You can have a counterfeit. But it's nothing like Coke. Once you have Coke, it's the real thing. And I want you to know that you have to know Jesus Christ if you want real peace. You see, you can get a counterfeit peace that'll last you a day or two from this world. You may get an artificial or a worldly peace that, that, that you hang on to for, for a few days. But, but I'm, I'm telling you, friends, the only way to have the real thing is to know Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace. Here, here's the principle. Here, here's what you have to understand. It is impossible. It is impossible to have the peace of God without having peace with God. It's impossible. The scripture says this in Ephesians chapter 2 in verse number 13 and 14. It says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace. Jesus is our peace. Let me just drill down on this for a moment. Your bank account is not your peace. Your retirement account is not your peace. The economy is not your peace. Jesus himself, I love what the writer Paul says, for he himself, Jesus is our peace. And here's what the writer communicates to us. He says, for you were once, who were once far from God. And here, here's the issue is, Adam and Eve, the first man and woman, when they lived on planet earth, they, they disobeyed God. They ate from the tree that God said not to eat from. And sin entered our world. And so every person that is born in this planet is born a sinner. They have sinned against God. And you know what sin does? It distances us from God. Here's God over here. And sin, it distances us. It separates us from God. And so now the scripture clearly tells us in verse 14 that, that, that God, that, that Christ is our peace. I mean, if you want peace, it's got to be through Christ. And yet sin, it distances us. It separates us from God. Matter of fact, the Bible says it like this, that we were enemies of God. We're, we're enemies of the Lord when we don't know Christ. 
And so there is no peace. It doesn't matter what you try to do. It doesn't matter what job you get. It doesn't matter who you marry. It doesn't matter what house you buy. It doesn't matter how big your 401k account is. It doesn't make any difference. Apart from Christ, you're, you're separated from the prince of peace. You who were once far from, far away from God, you've been brought near through the blood of Christ. And Herbert, how do I get near to God? How do I get peace with Christ? Well, the Bible lets us know in Romans chapter 5 and verse number 1 and 2, it says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, everybody say through faith. Come on, say it again, through faith. Since you have been justified through faith, we have peace with God, with God, with God. How? Through faith. Friends, can I tell you that salvation is a free gift that we receive through faith. It's a free gift. Christ died on the cross on Calvary. He rose again on the third day. And you receive this free gift through faith. And when you place your faith in Christ, please hear this. When you trust Jesus Christ, when you make him your Lord, when you say, Jesus, I give you my life, I give you my heart, I place my trust and faith in you. The scripture says at that moment, we have peace with God. You have peace with God, through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith. We gain access to this peace. We gain access to this wonderful salvation by faith into this grace in which we now stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. I love how Dr. Luke puts it in Acts chapter 10 and verse number 36. He says, you know, the message of God sent to the people of Israel, telling the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You're here today and you don't know Christ and you say, I don't have any peace. The only way that you get peace with God is through faith, through Jesus Christ. Now what I want to do, now what I want to do is I want to switch gears and I want to talk to Christ followers in this place. You're here and you say, Herbert, I place faith and trust in Christ. I used to be far away from God, but I've placed my faith and trust in Christ and I've been brought near to God through the blood of Jesus Christ. And Herbert, I have peace with God. And yet I have peace with God and Herbert, I'm living without the peace of God. Can I tell you that it's possible to have peace with God and to be void of peace of God. Some of you know what I'm talking about because you're living like that right now. You're a follower of Christ, and you got peace with God. And yet in your heart, there is no peace. Matter of fact, the opposite of peace is chaos. And if we could look in your heart today, it's full of chaos. It's full of turmoil. It's full of upheaval. You've got peace with God, but you're not living with the peace of God. You say, Herbert, as a follower of Christ, Herbert, as a believer, Herbert, as a Christian, how do I maintain the peace of God? I don't want to just have peace with God. I want to maintain the peace of God. I want to talk to you about that for the next few moments. Point number two, how do I maintain the peace of God as a follower of Christ? Number two is this. You maintain the peace of God through prayer. Jot that down. Through prayer. One of the major issues that robs you and I of the peace of God is control. Friends, can, can I tell you that we fight God for control all the time. For some reason, are you like your pastor? For some reason, we think we can handle things better than he can. And we take, we take control. In this place today, some of you are trying to control your life. 
You're trying to control your career. You're trying to control your family. You're trying to control your problems. You're trying to control your money. You're trying to control your future. And friends, when you and I try to control things rather than, rather than surrendering it to the Lord in prayer, we jeopardize the peace of God. Because the peace of God comes through surrendering to the Lord, everything to the Lord in prayer. And some of you under the sound of my voice today, you have peace with God, but you don't have the peace of God. You're trying to literally control everything in your life. And you're freaked out and you're worried. And you're trying to control everything. And your heart is void of the peace of God. Matter of fact, the scripture says it like this in Philippians chapter 4. This is a very famous scripture. And I want to shed some light on this scripture out of the Living Bible. The Living Bible says in Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 6, Do not worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Can you say amen? Well, that's a good scripture, isn't it? It'd be even better, come on, if we could all practice it all the time. I mean, you know that. I mean, what a scripture. Do not worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. And I love how the, the Living Bible puts it. The next four words says, tell God your needs. Instead of worrying and panicking, tell God your needs. Tell God about your problem. Tell God about the relationship. Tell God about the job. Tell God about the economy. Tell God about the pressure that you're feeling. And what we do is we try to take control and we worry and we try to strategize and we freak out. And yet the Bible says, listen, 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 don't you worry. Don't you, don't, 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 don't you panic. He says, take it to the Lord in prayer. And he goes on to say, and don't forget to thank him for his answers. And, and verse number seven says, if you do this, if you do this, and boy, if you'll take it to the Lord in prayer, and, and I'm preaching to Herbert Cooper today. Herbert, instead of worrying, instead of freaking out, instead of, instead of panicking, instead of trying to control this area of your life, instead of trying to control your future, he says, listen, take it to me in prayer. And if you'll do this, if you'll take it to the Lord in prayer, if you'll take it to the one who hung the moon in the sky, if you'll take it to the one who flung the stars in the sky, if you'll take it to the one who made the sun, if you'll take it to the one who gives you breath and life, if you'll do this, if you'll do this, he says, you will experience God's peace. The real thing. You will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. The mind can't even comprehend this kind of peace. People at work can't figure out, why are you so calm? Because <laughs> I've talked to the Creator. I don't have it all figured out, but I know who does. And I've taken it to the Lord in prayer. And the Bible says when you give up control, when you surrender to the Lord in prayer, instead of controlling and worrying and panicking and freaking out, when you take it to the Lord in prayer, He promises God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. I want to read this over you right now, this last part of this verse. And I want the Holy Spirit to minister to your heart. Open your heart up. Listen to these words. Some of you, you, you need this desperately. Your heart is void of the peace of God. And if you'll take it to the Lord in prayer, here's what the scripture says. Just let it, let me read it over you. His peace will keep your thought, your thoughts and your hearts quiet. 
That's what some of you need right now. Your hearts and your thoughts to be quiet and at rest as you trust in Christ Jesus. The Sar Shalom. The Prince of Peace. The ruler of well-being. The captain of inner peace. Point number three. There's a, a third point I want to share with you today about maintaining the peace of God. You're a follower of Christ. You've got peace with God, but your heart is void of the peace of God. Number three is this. You maintain the peace of God by living by the Spirit of God. Don't miss this. You maintain the peace of God by living by the Spirit of God. Let's unpack this together. In Romans chapter 8, verse number 5 and 6 says this. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. Let me ask you a question. What do you think about most of the time? What are you meditating on? What, what is your mind always focused on? I'm not talking for this hour in church. <laughs> What's controlling your thought patterns and your mind? He goes on to say, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their mind set on what the Spirit desires. Their desires, God, how do I please you? How do I honor you? How do I bring glory to you? Verse 6, the mind of the sinful man is death. When your mind is controlled by the sinful nature, when your mind is controlled by the flesh, all it produces is death. It'll kill the peace in your life. It'll kill the joy in your life. It'll kill the abundant life that, that, that Christ died on the cross of Calvary for. The sinful man, his, the, the mind of the sinful man is death. But the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. Everybody say life and peace. The mind controlled by the Spirit. You see, when you give your hearts to Christ, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you. You don't have to do this on your own. The Spirit of God, the Comforter, the Counselor, the Teacher, comes to live inside of you. And once again, it's that control issue, that control. Am I going to be controlled by the flesh? Or am I going to be controlled by the Spirit? And when I'm controlled by the Spirit, when my mind is controlled by the Spirit, there's life and peace. So, Herbert, what do you mean? D drill down on this a little bit. Kind of unpack this and help me understand what you're talking about. Let me give an example to you. If you go around sleeping with your boyfriend or girlfriend, and then you come to church and expect to have the peace of God, it, it, it doesn't work that way. You go around and treat your family like a piece of junk. And you neglect them and step all over them. And then you come to church and expect to have the peace of God. It doesn't it it work like that. If you go around lying and, and cheating and you go around with rage and hatred in your heart, you live a life full of bitterness and hostility. You go around being jealous and prideful you live in disobedience to God's word and then you come to church and you expect to have the peace of God it, 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 it doesn't work like that the mind controlled and dominated by the sinful nature produces death it'll destroy the peace of God in your life but the mind that's controlled by the spirit the mind that is stayed upon Jesus 
Say, practically, Herbert, how does my mind stay on Jesus? I, I got to be at my computer. I've got work to do. Well, is what I'm doing glorifying God? Does this decision I'm getting ready to make honor the Lord? Lord, my central focus is how do I please you? I want my life to be led by the power of the Holy Spirit. And when your mind is focused on Jesus Christ, and you're living and your mind is controlled by the Lord, you'll live with the peace of God. I like how Isaiah puts it in Isaiah chapter 26 and verse number 3. You see, this principle is not just a New Testament principle. It's an Old Testament principle as well. Isaiah 26 and verse 3 says this, You will keep him in perfect peace. How many of you want the real thing? <laughs> Come on, perfect peace. In the Old Testament, he says, Listen, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Let me ask you, what's dominating your thoughts? What's dominating your mind? Is your life been dominated by the flesh or by the spirit? You cannot live. We all make mistakes. But the content, the character, the quality of your life cannot be lived by the flesh. And you maintain the peace of God. And as your pastor, I do not want you to have peace with God. And not to live with the peace of God. Listen, Jesus is prince of peace the Tsar Shalom Lord thanks for your word thanks for your presence